Welcome to the Marvel Universe. This is the Countdown to Infinity. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to Almost Nerdy. I'm Shalom. And I'm Courtney. We're the Happy Hipsters. And on today's episode, we are discussing Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. Okay, so today we are jumping into Iron Man 3, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. I will be honest, the first time I watched it, I was mm-hmm. like, don't give me any like whiny superhero feelings. I don't care. Just beat people up. But the more... <laughs> As I've aged and matured as matured. a person, matured. <laughs> matured. <laughs> I'm an adult now. <laughs> That's how my adults work. Yeah. Talk, talk. That's how they talk. They're yeah. like, matured. <laughs> <laughs> so since then, I've actually grown to love this movie. I just absolutely love it. Um, I love that we get to really see the universe in play here mm, mm. because. Not only do they have this major attack on New York happen in Avengers, mm-hmm. but we get to see the aftermath of that. And not yes, only do. do we see it with Iron Man, but uh-huh. we're going to see it in Thor The Dark World. We're going to yes. see it in Captain America Winter Soldier. We're, yes. We get to see the world more. Yes. And how it all works together. Yes. That's cool. That's cool. Like, I, I, I love it. Uh, I love I love just a lot of the the concepts that are in the movie. There's a lot to talk about in terms of themes, so I'm really excited to get to that. But before that, we're gonna do our, our weekly battle, <laughs> which is two second two sentence. This is why so you never one win. day I'm gonna get it right. <laughs> I'm gonna get it right. Two sentence summary, and I lost last week yes, probably because did. I was talking too much. I, I boasted too much. You did. You boasted and I fell, too much. I fell from glory. <laughs> fell from glory. From glory. <laughs> I need sustenance now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, two sentence summary. Again, we need your help to vote. So don't forget to go on our Instagram stories on Fridays. We will post this mm-hmm. clip from the game. Right. And you get to vote on who does the better two sentence summary. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for you to do the like the underscore uh, underscore. <laughs> I, I was starting to go like this, and then you didn't do it, and then I thought, okay, I fought. I'll do it. Okay. For those of you who don't know, our Instagram is the underscore happy underscore hipsters. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> on Instagram, I love it. that is where we live. We live on Instagram. If you're not an Instagram person, I'm sorry. That's just where we are. That's where we hang out. Um, we, and it's fun because we have so much happening there now uh, just to engage with you guys and to hear your thoughts. Uh, but for the voting, we I like winning. So I need, <laughs> I need your help, guys. Help okay. me win. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Are ready? Ready. In the aftermath of the attack on New York, Tony Stark struggles with PTSD. Hmm. He must learn to become the mechanic of his own life to reconcile his past, his present, and who he wants to be. Hmm. PTSD and B. That's good. I actually, I actually rhymed by accident. I didn't wow. intentionally do that. Wow. And then I was really excited when I realized that I rhymed. I, I feel like the competition is getting so fierce that like... We just the rhymes are just pouring out. They're just pouring out at this point. It's just it's not even intentional. It's just happening. Okay, you're oh, done. Okay, here's mine. Tony Stark tries to find peace after troubled times, but from his past comes a man who has a plan to make the world a frying pan. <sighs> Is that a frying pan sound? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I did that, but. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Frying oh, pan. <laughs> okay. So don't forget, on Friday, please vote for who you think has the better two-sentence summary. Me, me, me. And now we're going to move on to the nerd scale. The nerd scale. This week's nerd scale yep. is on from one to mm. I'm an extremist soldier. Ooh. So a 10 is oh. I'm an extremist soldier. Extremist. Yes. How would you wow. rate this movie, Shalom? How would I rate it? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm like the Hulk, but like with extremists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the Hulk gets extremists. Yes. And he's like, this is going to be like a seven. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? It wasn't it a seven. seven. It is a seven. It is a seven. <laughs> you are a ridiculous person. <laughs> okay. I give. <laughs> I can't even handle you. Your your like rating scale is ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to give this movie. I am not only the lead extremist soldier, but mm. I also am like the salesperson of extremists. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like out there, like, yo, you should join us and be an extremist <laughs> soldier too. Yo, do you want some extremists? <laughs> want some extremists you in up. your life? I could hook you up. <laughs> That's a 10. I give this movie a 10. Oh, that's cool. I that's cool. love this movie. Wow. Love wow. it, love it, You love gave it. it a 10? Yes. That's huge. Yes. That's huge. I love this movie. Wow. Would you say this is your favorite Marvel movie? I would not say it's my favorite, mm-hmm. but I love it. Wow. Okay. I that's love cool. it. That's cool. That's cool. Awesome. There's so many layers to this movie. Like, yeah. I don't even know where to necessarily start with this. Uh-huh. The th- I would say, like, my highlights of it, though, are... Mm. A, I love the character development of Tony. Right. That's great. Right. B, I think there's a lot of visual representation of what Tony's feeling. Mm. And I love that. Mm. And then thirdly, I just love the twist. I the like. Twist. I really love the twist with the Mandarin. And okay. I just was not expecting that. I have to say, I was really very refreshed. I know, I'm just going to dive right in. With the twist to this movie, which is that Mandarin is actually just a figurehead. Yes. Because yes. Just in, an actor. in the comics, he he's not. That's, that's not a, that is not at all what Mandarin is going mm. to be. So I really liked the twist because Mandarin is kind of a weird character in the comics. Right. He is the direct descendant of Genghis Khan. And he finds wow. a crashed spaceship that has these, like, magical rings in it. Mm. And so if you actually look at the movie, you can see that Mandarin, the actor, what's his name, Trevor? Mm. Trevor is wearing these ten rings on it. Wow. So every every finger has a ring on it. Yeah, That's, a, like, that's... The comics. The comics right that's there. That's cool. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And that's mm. where all of his power comes from. But... I think it would have been a little too much to mm. get into that storyline here right. because you would have had to like really dive into that character. Mm. Um, you, you feel like the Mandarin, the, the the comic Mandarin is too deep of a character to do in one movie. I think it would have been hard. I think it would, that would have been a hard character. And right. to be honest, he's a little hokey. I think he's a little hokey with his like huh. magic rings and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Like, I think there just wasn't enough time to develop that character. Right. He was um, scary though. I, I'm not gonna lie. Scary. Watching, watching, watching like his speeches. Like he's like, you, you cannot hide. You cannot. And I was like, yeah. flip. This guy is like scary. And I'll be honest. I it had the opposite effect on me. 
um oh you see, didn't like it i i didn't like it i, oh, I to be honest, it. It, would, it was it was predictable in a sense like Okay, okay, that piece was not predictable. You predicted but, that that but like Aldrin was actually no Mandarin. Like, like I I I knew there was something. There was a twist somewhere in there, but I think that like when like I didn't predict that the Mandarin was an actor, but I predicted that like okay, definitely this Aldrin. I don't know where he fits in this plot, but he's bad. He's mm. a bad guy. Well, yeah, we um, knew that. I think I I just love villains that give good speeches. Mm. You know, starting with the Joker in Dark Knight, mm-hmm. uh, with then Bane, Loki, I thought gave really good he speeches. Does, these yeah. good talkers, these guys who not just like these like villains who are like I will first blow this place and then that place, <laughs> and this place. but these guys who have this ethos, this like thought process around what they do. And I felt like the Mandarin was kind of like in that league. He was one of those. I was wow, this guy, he's got these like I mean, teacher. Time mm-hmm. for your second lesson. Time yeah. for your third lesson. Yeah. Time for you. And I'm like, oh, flip, this guy is crazy. And then realizing, oh, he's just an actor. That had an opposite effect. I mean, kudos on them to, on like, kind of twisting it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I have this little part of me that's like, I wish, I wish they'd gone the Mandarin direction. But they didn't. Uh, which I'm, I'm, okay, I'm cool with that, but I would have preferred you know, having the Mandarin being a real villain, someone like, hey, how do you beat someone like that? How do you deal with a personality like that? That's that's kind of what I struggled with. Hence the seven. It was good. The acting was good. But I just struggled with the storyline and the choices there. I think I think it would have been better if they'd gone the Mandarin direction. See, I love the twist, though, because that, I think, really kind of grounds it a little bit more for me. I mean, right. you... You said in the earlier ones that you didn't like that they chose the Middle East as like, mm. you know, those are the villains. That's what we see in everyday life, like in, mm. especially in the U.S. We're like, yeah, the Middle East is bad. Like, that's just kind of what was thrown yeah. at us. So right. I actually really liked this twist because mm. I think that it showed that, yeah. you know, there are villains within the U.S., Yes. Like we make we make our own demons, which brings mm, me back to like mm, I point. I really like that in the beginning. I mm. mean, he totally completely misquotes Oscar Wilde when he <laughs> when he says I, I forget what he actually says, but the quote he's trying the demons to, yeah the demons want the, what he's actually trying to quote is we are each our own devil and we make the world our hell. Mm. Yes, I think he said we make our own demons. Yeah, we, we create make our, our own, own demons. demons, which is which yeah. essentially is what the quote is saying right. but in and of ourselves as people mm. create our own problems right and that's right. kind of what we see with tony mm. throughout his whole like his whole career as iron man right right he's always creating his own demons he's mm. always making his own mistakes and we're mm. gonna see that further as we hit age of ultron yes i think that's like that's one of huge. his biggest mistakes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and at least to civil war you know mm-hmm. all of that so they were really setting the stage with this movie for basically what Tony's going to do mm. in the rest of the Marvel series. Right. Yes. You know, yes. and I, I really appreciate that. I really like that. So the other thing is a lot of this storyline is taken from, there's like a six comic series mm. called Iron Man Extremis. Right. So a lot of it is taken from there, but it's kind of confusing. Mm. And like to boil down those six comics into into one, one movie, I right. think would have been hard because Extremis is basically like a virus and mm. only 2% of the population can can have can have it to make them stronger. So mm. basically they're trying to create super soldiers. And right. Mandarin is at the head of that. 
Right. So Mandarin right. is trying to create these super soldiers, mm. and he actually ends up taking over Tony mm. and like forcing Tony to like do his bidding. Mm. And it, it's like really, it's it's a pretty dark comic. It's pretty right. like messed up. Right. And like Maya is also in it. She's forced to work for them. Yes. So yes. I think that it would have been a lot to do. Right. Um, I am glad that they brought in AIM instead in the comics. Right. AIM stands for Advanced Idea Advanced Idea Mechanics. Mm. And basically they're a subdivision of Hydra. Mm. Yeah. But they didn't really go to that go through that in the movie. Again, which I think is would have been a lot to have. That's a lot. That's all that's in too one. much. Yeah. That it, too much. it would have been a lot just to bring in, especially because we're still at the right. very beginning of like right. the you know Marvel right. Cinematic Universe. Like right. we're like really at the beginning of that, and none of those right. ideas had been right. And I mean, really when you, introduced right when you look at the rest of the of the, of the universe and how it, it all comes out. I feel like they had they they had to you know nitpick a little bit mm. about like what direction they took their yeah. movies. And I think as much as I'm like okay, I wish it was the Mandarin concept throughout. I get it. I get why they went the direction they did. They needed they needed villains that were a little simpler, mm-hmm. you know. If you just have a movie that has all these complex villains, that just becomes too much. It pulls us in way too many directions in terms yeah. of just trying to even piece together the rest of the universe with Avengers and all these pieces. That's yeah. too much. So I think that I think they made a good choice. I don't. I'm not really a fan of it. I'm not really a fan of the movie. Um, I'm. I love. I like the movie, but I don't. I'm not like in love with it. Um, hence my seven. But I think I get it. You just don't like him because Trevor isn't a Manchester United fan. Trevor is a <laughs> Liverpool fan. Boo! That might be one of my favorite parts in the whole thing. He's like being. He has a gun to the face. He's like, oh there. <laughs> That is just oh, great. The that love is, of the game. The love uh, of the game. I, I, I think I think that was a nice touch. That yeah. was a nice touch to the character. Which is which is where I think also the thing is him him as Trevor is funny. That was so hilarious. It, it's softened that like I feel like they did a good job like transitioning that. It it really like and even the way he came out of the bathroom and he's like, Who you guys are not gonna wanna <laughs> go in there? It's it's so funny and I think that I think they knew they knew that some people would be disappointed like myself. But I didn't leave going like, oh my gosh, I want my money back. I didn't leave like that. I was like, wow, that was good. Mm-hmm. I had wishes, things I wished to see. But I think even with the transition they did, they still did it well. So mm-hmm. congratulations to them for that. Yeah. I also really liked that we got to see more of Rhodey in this one. Yes. I really, really liked that. That was I was a big fan of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love I love the at the very end when uh, they're they don't have their suits or anything. Yeah. And they're like he's like, Wait, wait to shoot for the glass and Tony's like, No one could hit that light bulb from here and Rody just stands up, shoots it and they're like <laughs> you get to see like he's like he's pretty like BA. Right. Rody's pretty BA. Right. Like Tony definitely gets the suit a lot more mm-hmm. like I think he's better as like Iron Man mm. than I think Rody is as mm. War Machine? Iron Patri- yeah. Iron Patriot War Machine. I uh, like oh, the Iron- changing. It. So Iron Patriot is supposed to be like the evil version basically. Like right. that's when that's when he's like kind of taken over. Right. What is he in this? I can't I cannot remember. Is he, he Iron Patriot in this one? He is Iron Patriot he is. in this okay. one. Okay. 
I love the I love the part when everybody's like, "That's so lame," and then the little boy is like, "That's way cooler." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I love with Rhodey is when he's when he's searching, mm-hmm. like looking for the Mandarin, and then Tony calls him and he's like, "Yo, yo, what's the password to this thing?" <laughs> and he's like, "War Machine rocks with like, an X." With an X. <laughs> and then the one guy starts laughing, and then he's just like, "I'll shoot you." And the gun like goes. <laughs> oh man, that's a great scene. That was funny. That's a great scene. That was funny. Yeah, it it does show the relationship more. Like I I feel you get to see, oh, wow, they have a good relationship. You yeah. know, like they have yeah. that that kind of friendship. You see more of that. You see Rhodey really features in this movie as like one of Tony's top supporters. Like he's yeah. there for him, yeah. you know. And, and I think that that really shows in this movie. And I just, I also just love the character development of Tony in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. I really enjoy... I actually really, really enjoy the part when he's in Tennessee with the little boy. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that part because mm. I think him having to almost like dumb down and explain his feelings in a way that a child would understand yes. helped him to understand what he was feeling. Because mm. even in the beginning when he's meeting with Rody at that diner, Rody's like... Listen, like, you don't handle Mandarin business. Like, that's, Mm. like, little now. Like, you handle aliens. And it's like, but that's the part that he's having a hard time Mm. coping with. And it's almost like Mm. trying to separate himself from, like, oh, I used to, like, only care about, like, which sports car I'm taking out today. Right. To I care about aliens like things like things that are beyond my even comprehension and that are way stronger than me and yeah i think that that's really interesting Mm. what actually i have a question for you what do you think about the one scene the scene i'm talking about right now where he's Mm. meeting with roadie the little boy like leans in and he's like how'd you get out of the wormhole Mm. like that scene is shot very differently than the rest yeah, do you think they the kind of make it a little actually, creepy. Yeah, it's really creepy. Do you think the yeah. kid actually said that, or do you think he was yeah. imagining yeah. it? Like, wh- yeah. what happened there? I I think the little kid really said that, but I think Tony's perception of how it was said was not maybe what we saw. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that he, because he was so stressed out, everything feels like right in his face. You know, mm. and 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 I I don't really understand ptsd because i've never really had that but i would like to imagine like that it changes your perception of the world like almost like it just makes everything seem crazier than Mm. sometimes maybe what's actually happening so maybe that's what's happening you know that's just my guess there is that tony's perception of each conversation is different uh that little kid though in when tony has to survive and and goes and lands in that little town Mm. i think that that was a a slightly different situation where the kid actually was like being annoying (laughs) you know but but i think it's almost like that like that like concepts and and just a flood of thought and i think it was a a representation of what tony's going through Mm. just to show people like i i think that i like how you said he said he had to dumb it down like so that a child can understand yeah i think it was also so that we understand Mm. as well what he's going through and and so we have a we get clued in to what tony's going through and i I think that it would have been uncharacter out of character for tony to express that to roadie to pepper mm, it would yeah. be a, a bit out of character but i think they in order for 
for the writers to communicate with us about Tony's feelings, I think they had to change the scenario, find a child really, you know, to kind of like dig up a lot of those yeah. things and allow us to look into, peek into his thoughts without being like, okay, that's weird. Why is Tony acting that way? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know I've always kind of struggled with this scene in the, in the diner when they're eating and, and the crayon breaks because mm. I've, I've always kind of wondered like, did the kid actually say anything to him at all? Or, like, is he just freaking out and he's imagining it happening? Mm. Or, but yeah, I, like, I, I get that. I mean, I'm, again, never had PTSD, but, like, I remember, like, mm. when we got the phone call that, like, Shalom's dad had passed away suddenly, like, mm. for probably a year afterwards, mm. every time the phone rang, I had, yeah. like, a, my, like, my heart would sink. Like, mm. I actually mm. couldn't handle, like, phone calls for yeah. a little while. Like, yeah. I would freak out immediately. Yeah. And it's, like, so... Yeah. I don't think that that's yeah. to the extent of Tony Stark, but like yeah. I do get that where it's like you like your mind kind of gets racing and like you're mm. like freaking out a little bit. Yeah, your perception changes on yeah. sometimes simple things like yeah. like a phone call. You yeah. Know? What about like his relationship with Pepper? He's like I like he's 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 going he's he's struggling he's struggling and I think I think everything around him is is gonna struggle as well because Tony also has like. Tony, Tony is really stuck in his mind, you know. Mm. He's he's just the kind of person that like to beat Tony, you have to you have to get his brain. You have to like if you can crack Tony's brain, you can beat him. You know, and I think you see that so many times. You see that so many times where like in 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 throughout Marvel, um, you know, the future like Ultron like even even before that like there is a way to get like if you can like mess with how he thinks mm. you can almost like control him control him because yeah. because he he functions that way he's the kind of person who who responds uh to to like to guilt mm-hmm. he responds to guilt he responds to fear mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of times i think i think you can see that in this movie he just fought aliens all these crazy aliens and you know a few movies before he was like i have privatized world peace yeah. yay yeah. and then now it's like oh okay world peace is not that simple <laughs> you mm-hmm. know if you, you can't put it in a in a package it's so much more complex and now he's going crazy trying to create all these weapons mm. and then it it really ends up messing up his relationship quite a bit mm. but it it, it comes together in the end. See, I think it's funny that you feel like it's messed up his relationship. Like, I feel like it's actually improving his relationship with Pepper. Right. Like, I actually see such improvement there because he is now learning to not be as selfish. Like, mm. you'll see when they when they start to, like, argue. Like, he'll do something selfish and they'll argue and he'll be like, wait, wait, I was in the wrong. Mm. Like, and he will immediately stop I think the one phone call that really like proved it for me is like when he get, you know, he lands in Tennessee and he's like, he's like, Pepper, I'm sorry. He leaves Mm. her the message and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, it was really selfish of me Mm. to give our address out to a terrorist who was like threatening me Right. to, you know, that's, and I can't come home because Mm. I need to finish this. Like, I'm not going to put you in any more danger until Mm. I finish this. And Mm. I think, I think that that's really significant and then the other thing mm, that i think is really significant is that pepper through extremis i think she kind of understands tony a little bit more at mm. the very very end of the movie when she comes out of the fire and mm. she like knocks down the one iron man suit mm. and she's 
she's like, oh my gosh, that was extremely violent. Like, yeah. But yeah. she, like, I think in that moment, like, feeling that power and feeling like, mm. you know, she saved Tony in mm. that moment. And right. I think that was when she was right. like, wow, like, I really get why you don't want to give up your suit. Like, mm. I get it now. Like, before she couldn't relate to him. She couldn't sympathize in mm. any way. But right. but now she can. And I actually think that strengthens their relationship. And you that, think so? Okay. Yeah, I think that okay. that gives them kind of mutual understanding with Tony becoming a little bit less selfish mm. and thinking more about Pepper. And Pepper right. going through an experience where she's felt the power that mm. he has felt. No, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with, like... What could be the end result? He acts so bad that the moments where he doesn't or he says something like, I'm sorry, it's actually, it feels meaningful. When really it's like, no, this is not how it should be. And also he goes down the same path in Ultron. He, he goes down the same fearful path where he does something stupid and then conversations again. And I think that he, he has much deeper issues that he needs to deal mm-hmm. with. And I think that in this movie... It's just a whole another layer for him to process through. And and so, which is why I say he's not my favorite. He's actually one of my least yeah. favorite um, heroes. I'm kind of struggling a little bit to see him like a hero. I'm starting to see him more like an anti-hero who's not really... I'm like, yeah, you're not really, like, good. You're actually, like, mm. you're necessary. You're necessary to the conversation. You're necessary to the fight. But you're not really, like, a good guy. So... That's I I don't know like as the movies go on I'm gonna bring this up more and kind of like was there so many cases of him going down that same path of insecurity that same path of anger and I think also he's a representation of people like and how we are as people mm. so like I don't judge him as a person obviously it does put question to like hey you have powers you are you you've done all these things now that seem to be like messing things up uh. how do we deal with that. And to that, I don't really know. I don't really know how you deal with a character like Tony. Nick Fury um, seems to know how to deal with Tony, seems to know how to work with him. But we'll see how it goes as, you know, the universe unfolds. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, Nick Fury basically said yes to Iron Man, but no to Tony. Mm. Yes. In his initial Avengers report. So, Mm. I mean, I don't think it's too... And again, like, if you look at Tony's reaction to Mm. New York versus the rest of the team, he's really the only one who, like, gets shook up. Mm. He's the only one. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody else really gets shook up. But again, I think you need this to set the stage for Ultron, to set the stage for Civil War. Mm. Right. Those are necessary. Like, this is necessary for the storyline. Yes, necessary. Very necessary. Very and again, necessary. that's why I like this movie because mm. it really does a great job of, of setting the stage. Yes. And and explaining a bit of why he does some of the things he does. Yes. And it helps us to, to, to get him, to mm-hmm. get why it's like that. I was also just thinking about like setting the stage for the future. And I read this interesting fan theory about mm. Pepper becoming rescue. So in the mm. comics... Pepper actually becomes a cyborg mm. and she goes by the name Rescue. Wow. So there's there's a theory for Endgame mm. that she is going to become Rescue. So in the in the preview, he, Tony right. says there's no sign of Rescue. They think mm. that he's actually referring to Pepper. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, or they're messing with our heads. Or they're messing with us again. They're very good. <laughs> they're very they good. They do at love that. messing with Marvel. Us. I would like, <laughs> I like to it. see. I would like to see Pepper. And again, Gwen Paltrow posted a picture of herself in what looked like either a spacesuit or mm, mm. maybe her rescue costume. Right. It was kind of right. hard to tell from the photo, but she's right. clearly in an outfit. Yes. So I'm, I mean, they might go in that direction. To be honest, like you know, without diving too much into Endgame, like I, I. Yeah, I think they might touch, dabble with that a little bit, or they might not. It all depends. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just a whole lot to process. Yeah. A whole lot to process. I know, like, you weren't, like, a huge, huge fan of this plot, but I have to say, I really, really like the idea of coming up with a villain to, like, mask what you're doing. I just find mm-hmm. that such like, an intriguing, intriguing idea. And I really just love the mystery about this movie. Mm. And it's funny, watching it again, if you look at the very, very first scene from the movie. Mm. Or not the very first scene, but it's one of the first scenes when the plant explodes mm. in the in the room. You can actually see the shadow of the lamp that was next to it on the mm. wall. And that's something that keeps coming up where you see mm. the shadow of the people who have been like vaporized who mm. are next to the people who couldn't regulate on extremis. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're paying attention, you would have noticed those mm. things. And mm. I, I don't know. I just really I do love having like a mystery type of thing mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. like solving a mystery and yes. you're like yes. what do all these places have to do with yes. each other and yes. like what are they like what does everything have to do right i really right. i don't know i'm a big fan of that that was yeah. something that i really liked and i i liked the i liked the villains in this like the like hench people the mm-hmm. extremists i thought it was really cool that they like just the graphics mm-hmm. of it how mm-hmm. it had like kind of went like through their eye and they would like glow and everything yes i thought that was neat Yes, I, I thought that was cool. I like to be honest when when Pepper was had extremists. I thought that was cool. I was like oh. that one move she did. Like I was like, oh my gosh, when she punches the Iron Man uh-huh. suit, that was dope. I I thought I thought I was like, wow, this this is kind of like a cool version of Pepper. But then they had to get rid of it. But like <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, I'm cool with it. Like it looks awesome. But but she also could have died like that. She could have also died. So like that. also that. <laughs> She would have exploded. <laughs> so I'm glad that she was. Yeah, saved. Right. yeah, I was I was wishing for them to be like, yeah, we regulated it, but you will be like this forever. But now you're cool and you can like now punch cool. things. And yeah, grow she was, she was really back. cool, but like what? And grow back limbs. And grow back limbs. <laughs> limbs. I like that word. Creepy. <laughs> it's a little creepy though. Yeah, yeah. It's a little creepy. Yeah, and and there are also a lot of like funny parts in in the movie that I thought I was like, oh, very nicely placed. When Tony saves people on the plane, he's like, oh, yeah. great job, guys. Okay, let's go. And it gets hit by yeah, by, it gets hit by the train by the bus, and then and then the part where he is like in fighting with with Outridge. And and his suit, uh, I can't remember what number they gave it, but like his suit is coming. His hands, he 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 like. Puts his hands out, waiting for the suit, and the suit just cr- like crumbles before it gets to him. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, he he really he's a he's a funny guy. Like like Tony is, but it's it's a weird kind of humor. Yeah, it's strange. It's very different from 
from the other the other characters he has this humor that's very much like it's more of like he's he's playing with his surroundings with mm-hmm. stuff that's happening like kind of making these weird observations of people of environments and kind of <laughs> forehead like forehead of security right right forehead, is this right. forehead of security <laughs> so he he makes fun of people you know mm-hmm. he makes fun of people he makes fun of situations he makes fun of different things and a lot of it i think it's just part of his like mask like to mm. or, as mm-hmm. to how he deals with stuff yeah. but i thought i thought there was a lot of really well placed humor there okay let us go into themes i know you're itching to like talk about the themes in this movie like they used the Iron Man suit for so much symbolism Mm. in this movie. Wow. Yeah, I really feel like there was so much symbolism. And the one scene that like really, really struck me, really struck me was when he, you know, he had just landed in Tennessee and he's literally dragging the suit with him. Mm. Like it's he's literally dragging the suit behind him in the snow. And I was just like, Wow, like what a beautiful image we're looking at of how he basically feels about Iron Man right wow. now. You know, that it's something that he is carrying as baggage. It's, mm. It comes with a weight. And mm. I think he had not realized that before, really, the mm. weight of being Iron Man and what that meant for him mm. until Avengers. I think once he saw that, like, hey, because we are super, because we have these powers, like, we have opened ourselves up to a bigger battlefield. Wow. And that means bigger sacrifices. Mm. So I think that there was such a weight and he was really he was really wrestling with that. Like in the beginning scenes when he's working on perfecting his armor, like he can't sleep, you know? Mm. And he's working on perfecting his armor and he's making it so more and more it's part of who he is more. And that's mm. why he, you know, he put all those injections into him so that he can call his armor to him. Right. But at the same time, I think the armor is keeping people away. Like, I think mm. it's keeping people away. Like, if you look at if you look at the scene where he's he's having that nightmare and the armor attacks Pepper, it's like this is the person who's arguably the closest to him. And he's pushing her. He's literally pushing her away. And, like, he's not present. And I think that also in the scene where she comes home and he's talking to her in the in the armor, but mm. he's really downstairs in his workshop. It's just showing wow. how not present he is right. with the people in his life. Wow. He's not there. Like, right. yeah, physically, mm. he's physically, the armor was there. Like you would assume that he's in there, but I think mentally by the armor mm. being empty, I mm. think you can see that like, he's really, he's not there. He's thinking, he is constantly thinking about wow. how these aliens attacked and like wow. what that means. And, and, being like a million steps ahead of them and and yeah. having all this armor ready to go like just in case and it's right, like right. you know he had the he had the house party protocol mm. ready mm. you know he had that ready because yeah, he was anticipating yeah. needing them right he right. was anticipating that 
and right. and you see that as we go on through the series like he has you know he's got his hulkbuster armor he's got his like he's got armor for everything and mm. once we hit um infinity war mm. he even has he even has the space suit for spider-man mm. and it's right. like he's really always thinking about like what are all the scenarios that could possibly happen and mm. how am i going to be prepared for it that's that's good but again it's meaning that he's not present yeah in real life wow and i think that him working through the idea of himself being a mechanic i think that that helps almost like bring control to his life Mm. and it helps him like process like yeah okay i can't affect what is happening yeah necessarily yeah but i can be prepared in a way that allows me to still connect with people yes Yes. So wow. I I really wow. yeah I thought that that was really wow. beautiful and then at the at the end I think you can see Pepper's frustration with the suits like I just thought it was so significant that mm. at the end like you know Pepper also has extremis and he's like no 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 don't attack Pepper right but right I think that that was you know a way for him to see that like he was hurting Pepper like this mm. whole time like he was treating Pepper like an enemy mm. even if he didn't mean to. Mm. So I thought that that was a nice yes. like visual representation of that. Yes. But then Pepper's strong. She, you know, she yeah. took down the suit. Yeah. And yeah. she helped him defeat his enemy. Like right. actually, she defeated Aldridge. Yeah. Like she defeated him. Yes. So yes. I think that that kind of puts her in like ally territory, mm. and that was a really I really liked that. I thought that right. that was right. a cool like lots of visual right. representation in this movie. I really like that. Yeah, that's a really deep thought that you had. You know, it's a good question to ask ourselves to say, what are those things that we do as just a reaction to to something negative that happened mm-hmm. to our lives? Mm-hmm. And when we identify those things, we need to ask ourselves, do they have a pos- actually have a positive impact on our lives or a mm-hmm. negative impact? And then we can adjust accordingly. Um, because yeah, life is complicated, and yeah. you know we're constantly having to figure that out. So yeah. or Tony could have just gotten therapy, which he probably should have been getting. Which which he did at the very end with Bay no, <laughs> with Banner, not, and he's that's not real the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not with a qualified therapist. <laughs> Banner is trying to figure out himself. <laughs> yeah, don't no no no. <laughs> Shield should have Shield should have a therapy division. Yeah, but they never We're have genius. one. We're genius. We're genius. We've we've solved it. Thank you. <laughs> no Ultron. No, you wouldn't have had any Everything of that. Everything would get fixed. all of that would have been fine. No civil war. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What, what do you got? What do you got? I think for me, my theme is just be careful how you treat people. You know, I I keep thinking about how Tony left. Aldrich mm. on the roof, mm. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because he was a jerk. He he was a jerk. Yeah, you know, and and I love how the professor, the professor that is in the very first Iron Man, is there as well. Yeah, I, I I think that like yeah. he he Tony from just his upbringing or whatever did a lot of things that really came back to bite him in the butt, mm. and I think that he he just didn't know that that's what he's doing whether uh, some things he had no idea about some things he had no idea about like some of the weapon deals and stuff like that but the truth of the matter is that tony was just not aware of his environment and so he just like would mistreat that person 
not care mistreat another person not care and it's these people that he sort of mistreated and used you know fought him you know mm-hmm. they 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 go against them even like his relationship with captain america his relationship with with thor his relationship with all these different personalities i think that like tony just struggles to he struggles to to treat people well mm-hmm. and i think that there's just something to be said about like Hey, just treat people well. The, you know, I remember in high school, some of the the coolest kids were bullies. Yeah, they were bullies. You know, they would not if 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 someone wasn't cool. Usually, they would like talk to them like you know like they're a loser and stuff like that. And then people were like, "Oh, it's so funny, it's so cool." But I just think that yeah, the culture sometimes upholds people who mm-hmm. are jerks mm-hmm. and like puts them up there and say you're the cool guy you're awesome when really it's like hey you do know that 10 20 years 15 years or even tomorrow that is going to come back and mm-hmm. actually mess you up mm-hmm. and we see that so much in, yeah. in america in in africa everywhere that like i've lived i've seen that over and over again where society sometimes uplifts these people who are mm. messed up and then later on down the line you're like Oh no, that is actually not cool. I, I've been, you know, we've been following the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, really with great interest and also with great support for for a lot of the conversations and the actions that are being taken. But when you look back at some of these guys who are being, you know, who are being sued, or you know, it's like, hey, that guy raped me. Hey, that guy um, did this. Some of those guys are some of those cool dudes. Who are like mm. people? People were like, "That is so cool! What you doing there? That's so yeah. awesome!" Um, you know, and and I'll put myself in that bracket where there's some like not as consequential, but like stupid things that we did as kids, as boys, and it's like, oh, if you like follow that girl around and you harass her, she'll like you because girls <laughs> like because girls like someone who harasses them, you know, like, and it's like, okay, how does that make sense? But really, I think that like, but when you're told that it makes sense, like when right. when you're when someone confidently sits there and tells you, if you treat a woman this way, yes. they will like you. Right. You just take it as truth. You just take it as truth. You just take it as truth. And just go with it. And I think those consequences that we're seeing now, people just did not learn how to treat women properly. We, yeah. Like we, you know, I mean, my, my dad taught me, but I was an idiot. And I, I followed, you know, the cool guys who were like, hey, this is how you should do it. This is how you get girls. And then I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. But then now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was so stupid. That was so messed up. And I think that that should serve as a lesson to us to say, no, let's treat people nicely. Let's mm. teach kids. Let's teach younger people to treat people nicely. You know, the things that we uphold as cool and, and as sexy you know, because I mean, Tony had the girl. Like, you know, Outreach looked like this. You know, yeah. you know, like oh, you're a loser kind of kind of thing. But then it's like Outreach came back, and now he's like, oh my gosh! Like after you know five years of of physical therapy and all that stuff, he looks cool and now. Drugs. And drugs and drugs and uh, <laughs> you know extremists. <laughs> but but I think that Tony could have just you know treated him well in that moment you know this movie really is 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 such a good representation and a good kind of picture and image of what happens when we live our life that way regardless of where you are in life i think even if it's fun even if it's the most like you know feel good thing don't don't like mistreat people just to be cool treat people well be there for people and i think Things will go wow if you do that. Mm.
It's interesting that you bring up this point. I was literally just this morning, I was listening to a TED talk about respect, like mm. being thankful and respecting people and yes. just what, what that looks like. And so there was this one, one TED speaker who, who was talking and she was talking about how when she first graduated and she went into her first job, she was like shocked mm. at how coworkers treated each other. She wow. said that she had never been called stupid as many times as she had she was just like she was just shocked she was shocked Mm. by it Mm. and she couldn't believe like the atmosphere that was around Mm. there so she uh, ended up going back to school changing her profession and she went into psychology and from there she started doing studies on how to motivate people in the workplace and what Mm. um statistics show like how much productivity do you lose by treating people Mm. poorly right and her research actually went on to be I, I forget which which company mm. it was, but it was a fairly large company and they were like, Wow, we actually lose mm. about twelve million dollars a year in profit mm. due to productivity that is lost because mm. we are not respecting our wow. people well. Wow. Like and our managers aren't respecting people well. Like mm. our um, P, our interactions between employees aren't very respectful. So they went mm. through a whole, they changed their whole like outlook mm. on how they would let mm. people communicate to each other. So there was no yeah. more like, hey, like it's stupid to do it that way. There, mm. You couldn't say that there anymore. Like mm. you could only say respectful things. Mm. And it actually changed the entire atmosphere of the company. Mm. So that actually is something like wow. treating people respectfully mm. and with dignity. Yeah. Like that is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it really matters. It really mm. matters how you treat people. And that mm. actually got me thinking a lot about about the one thing that Aldridge said where he, he talks about being anonymous. He's like, the best thing that you taught me, Tony, was the power of anonymity. Mm. And how if well, the second that you give evil face, you give someone a target. Mm-hmm. But in being anonymous... You, you can do a ton yes. of terrible things right? and stay with, hidden and stay hidden and, stay and, hidden, stay, and yeah. people don't know who to blame. Mm. So he created the Mandarin in order to give the evil the face. Right. Why? Wow. Is that amazing? Like, like to be like, wow, like, you know what? I like he Tony because of Tony's actions, like the like, I mean, the Mandarin is totally responsible for his actions. I mean, Aldrich is <laughs> I'm mixing them up, but yeah. Aldrich is totally, you know, responsible but you know it's just crazy just how how much mistreating people can actually have an impact on society mm. you know let's talk about shootings you know and and how a lot of kids who have gone into into that school and shot people sometimes the backstory is hey i was he was being mistreated he was being bullied mm-hmm. he was being you know and totally a 100% the shooter is responsible for their actions. Mm-hmm. But we cannot, we cannot completely turn a blind eye to how we, we how sometimes some of those things are built up to, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, guys, we, as much as we want to have all these conversations, let, let us not, let us never, ever turn a blind eye to bullying. Gillette just did a, an ad about just talking about like, you know, the concept that boys will be boys. And, and, and how they're kind of going against that and saying, hey, like, you, we can do better. We can do better. I really appreciate that because I think that I love how the ad goes from, like, it shows little boys fighting in the play field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the dad going and saying, hey, we don't treat each other that way. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. And I was like, that's powerful because 
a lot of times you don't see that you people say hey they're just boys just fight let them let them let them figure it out let them fight it out or sometimes a child will say hey i'm being bullied at school and it's like yo man you gotta you gotta handle yourself you gotta you know figure it out figure mm. it and so the power of those kind of things is actually like it's actually really consequential and i think that as we as we become more aware as we become more proactive speaking into things like bullying speaking into things like even like sexism or or sexual harassment even from you know you know that teenager age mm. at, like with boys in school we can really you know avoid a lot of things mm. um but if we don't we create some of these monsters without without us yeah. knowing we create actually create monsters society can create yeah. monsters mm. yeah and I actually the Gillette ad had a decent amount of pushback to it like it there were a lot of people who were like oh we want to raise these like snowflake kids and stuff right. like that but i i just think it's funny when you speak to people and you say and you ask like when have you felt most valued like when do you feel at your best right. and a lot of people will say things like i feel loved i feel respected i feel accepted mm. and it's like okay so those are things that people say make them feel valued as a person mm. yet we are unwilling to then respect other people mm. which gives them those same feelings of right. being valued respecting mm. and i just think it's it's one of those things where it's like just valuing people yeah and yeah, yeah we, we're not all gonna get along all the yeah. time but i think there there's something to respect Mm. and showing respect for each other showing kindness showing compassion for each other Mm. and i don't think that makes you any weaker i think that is very much a lie that is put out there Mm. that if i show compassion to someone then i'm weak Mm. and that compassion doesn't mean let someone walk all over you Mm. i think that that is kind of what people think will happen like oh if i show compassion then they'll walk all over me it's like right no you can be compassionate to someone and be understanding True. but then also be like okay but we need a distance right like because you have done this to hurt me mm-hmm. i'm not going to let you into a circumstance again where you can do that thing yes and hurt yes. me again yeah yeah i do i do look forward i think that there are more conversations happening mm. which is good mm. i think there's a lot more understanding than there used to be so mm. I, I do look forward to like future generations and yes. just w- what that looks like what yeah. that looks like yeah so yeah. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. All right. So let us round this up. But before we do that, we have a few things we want to put on your radar. Yes. So Game of Thrones has finally announced when they are starting up again. Mm-hmm. April 14th, people. It's coming April up soon. 14th. I like that their um <laughs> their whole thing is winter is coming. <laughs> and yet it's in April. It's in April. Well, I guess that would be better. Or I don't know. I mean, in I Pennsylvania, be... winter is still here. <laughs> I don't know if I would be more happy to ha- be watching winter is coming like when it's actually winter or maybe I'm going to be tired of winter and then I'm going to watch this. And I'm going to be like, I don't even like winter anymore. But it's Game of Thrones. It is Game of Thrones. Game of, Game of Thrones is really good. If you if you haven't watched it, I, I definitely recommend it. Season one is is a little is harder to watch mainly because of just more more kind of gore and sex. Yeah. So if if you're like you know are like hey i don't i don't even want to see that i don't even want to then i'll say stay away from it but yeah. if you're someone who's like you know what like i can skip through those parts or whatever you know i can just brush through that 
Well, I cool. liked, I watched it with Shalom, and Shalom mm. had already seen it, so it was nice, because he could, like, fast forward through really gory stuff, and he's like, this is what happens, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah, sometimes the blood does get to me. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a lot sometimes. Yeah. I don't mind blood. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I don't really, I don't mind that. Spider-Man Far From Home Ooh. has been released. Mm-hmm. They have the trailer out. Mm-hmm. It is coming July 5th. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of controversy around yes, the trailer. There is. Apparently, Disney's not happy about the trailer. I don't know if it's... Is, yeah, because Disney owns Marvel. So, yeah. because of the contract, because, mm. like, basically Sony and Disney, like, half own Spider-Man now, mm-hmm. but still, Spider-Man's mostly owned by Sony. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of confusing. I was reading about this, and I was like, this is the most, like, confusing wording I've <laughs> ever read. But I guess that's how legal stuff works. Right. So, basically, they were not supposed to release Far From Home mm. so soon after yes. Endgame because it doesn't give them enough time to properly mm. advertise for mm. Far From Home. But they decided to release it July 5th, which is mm. very close to Avengers, right. which is the last weekend of April. Mm-hmm. So mm. technically, if you have a movie that's coming out in July, you would start advertising for it in December. Mm. So when all those Christmas movies were coming out, we should have been seeing previews right. for Spider-Man. Right. But this basically ruins mm. Endgame. It, it kind of, I mean, it kind of does because, I mean, it's, the Spider-Man. We knew new Spider-Man was coming. I know, and so but we I know didn't want a, you to alive. confirm it for me. <laughs> you know? But we know, and I, and I think I, I think that's kind of where the argument is, is that, like, okay, we, we, know, we know Spider-Man will come back. We know they're all, like, not all of them, but we know that some of them are coming back. And also, like, we, Spider-Man is an accessory character. He's not really, like... Take you know, back. no, he is. He is. I <laughs> love him. No, I know you do, but like, my thing is like, he's not. Like, You're for offensive. Me, my anchor, <laughs> my uh, the anchor characters really are Iron Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Hulk. You know, those are the characters that like I'm like, hey, these are the core group of like you know of heroes. Spider Man. Um, I was about to say Widowmaker. Widowmaker. Uh, <laughs> Black Widow. <laughs> Black Widow. You know, um, you know, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. These are like, and Spider-Man. These are accessory characters who I think are going to grow into main characters, especially Spider-Man, as we go into Phase 4. So it, I kind of get where Sony's coming from. Where he's like, look, this character, you, people know he's coming back anyways. Also, he's not really the most important character in the world you know you know he's he's not so no one listened to him (laughs) and this is this is when Cordy and Shalom fight like I mean in this moment he's not like I mean we we love him we do but in this moment really people are mainly concerned with what's going to happen to Captain America what's going to happen to Tony Stark Black Panther he's going to come back he has to he better come back. Um, <laughs> you know, so we, we are concerned about those characters. Guardians. What's going to happen to those guys? Mm. Who's, which of those guys are going to come back? And so there is, those are the characters that I think that people's hearts are like pounding over, kind of worried about. Back to what I was talking about with the trailer. Go see it. If you have seen it, you probably have seen that Mysterio is going to be in it. Played by Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal. 
So mm. I'm excited for that. What I'm mm -hmm. interested in and what people have been theorizing about is he looks like he's a good guy. Yeah. And that is not yeah. true to the comics at all. Mm. Some people think that they are messing with the trailer and that Mysterio <laughs> is is trying to be one of mm. these weird like anti-heroes, but he's like tricking everybody. Right. Because he, he's right. a villain. So they think like yeah. he might have created those like big evil things mm. to pretend like he's to fighting. pretend like he's fighting them yeah yeah, yeah. kind of mm. like a loki thing like yeah. what loki did in the yeah. first thor yeah. where he wanted to be a hero mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so he created his own drama so that right. he could win and look like the good guy mm. they were saying that <laughs> mysterio is probably doing that yeah that one. makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah definitely and then on the almost nerdy side of things mm -hmm. next week we will have thor the dark world then we have captain america winter soldier yeah. and for valentine's day we have a very special treat for everyone we have a double episode we will double. be doing guardians one and guardians two mm -hmm. technically yeah i don't think that you should watch them together yeah. but you can because they're outside of the world yes like I feel yeah, like it's an you, outside story. Yeah, it's an outside story. So, but mm. you definitely need to watch Guardians one mm -hmm. before Age of Ultron because that's mm -hmm. when we really get into the the all the stones. Yes, and you need yes. so you need to watch Guardians. Yeah, that definitely sets yeah. it up nicely. But you can watch Guardians one and two back to back. Mm -hmm. You can for Valentine's Day. Extra love from us. Extra two love. episodes. Extra love. It's like getting roses. <laughs> Another thing that I just want to say, like, please rate us. We need rating. We need if they if there's like one thing, one action thing that we really, really need from you is just your rating. Please. Um, whatever platform you're using, Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever platform it is, please just put a rating in there. Let us know what you think. Let us know, like, you know, and also like, you know, if you like what we're doing, share with your friends. You know, yeah. If you like it. You will share it. DM us. Send us, like, you know, your thoughts and, and ideas. Also, you can email us a voice note, which we will actually feature on our episodes. Wow. At contact. It's, it's contact at happyhipsters.com. I'll say that one more time. Contact at happyhipsters.com. So, please, first, rate us, please. We need a rate. We need a review. Also, send us your ideas. We would love to hear from you. Cool. So thank you so much for joining us on this nerdy journey. See you next Thursday. Game over.